0: Welcome to the Rise Up Good Witch podcast, a radical approach to herbalism, self-care, and the tarot. Hello everyone, welcome to the 66th episode of the Rise Up Good Witch podcast. This is Karina. Thank you so much for joining today This is the final episode of 2020, the emperor year, and I'm recording this on the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in zero degrees Aquarius on December 20th, 2020. There's a lot of info out there about the significance of this great conjunction and the way that it promises to lead us forward into a new time of collective consciousness and rebirth. And my hope is that together, we're making this commitment in the age of Aquarius, moving towards the age of Aquarius, we're making this commitment to sustainable living with the earth and without corporate and capitalist greed, without institutions of punishment, such as prisons, police, ice detention centers, and that we're all working on holding the mirror up and looking at the way hierarchy lives in us and the way that we have taken on the traits of white supremacist capitalism in order to survive in it because there are ways that we adapt to the world that we live in that is unhealthy. And my feeling is the hero font year, which is upon us, is going to be a time for releasing that. Um, A time for building sustainable self-care practices that are not rooted in oppressive systems and structures and histories. So today I am proud to present to you part two of Reflections on an Emperor Year. Um, Last episode, uh, thank you all for your beautiful feedback, was my personal reflection on having a personal tower year during a collective Emperor Year. So for me, I'm moving into um, my star year while we collectively move into the Hierophant. And I feel excited about it. I feel good about it. And I'm happy to share this collaboration with Mary. Many of you may know her work already, um, the Spirit Speak tarot decks, including Apparition and Divina and the Vessel Oracle, amongst others, and um, she is such a visionary thinker and also like a really good friend, just a really awesome down-to-earth person. So I'm really excited to share our conversation today. For those of you maybe that haven't been listening to the podcast long, maybe you don't know about our original collaboration, which was in January of this year when we collaborated to make the Emperor Potion and we taught a few workshops at Rainbow Bath House. Um, and now here we are reflecting on this collaboration and giving you all something to ponder about a hero font year and what it could mean for all of us. One of the things that has been coming up is Instagram and Facebook uh, owned by Mark Zuckerberg and the way that censorship has been really affecting sex workers this year. And I'm not a sex worker myself, so I don't want to speak on that too particularly because I don't have that lived experience. But what I, from what I understand, this uh, during this time and during this year, sex workers have been really, really silenced. When all small businesses have been affected, sex workers are often targeted. And we already know that Instagram has a regular practice of censoring uh, a lot of leftist and anti-fascist thinkers, especially Black women and femmes. Um, because of that, you know, I'm a person who is very uh, resistant to change. That's my personal kind of neuro atypical reaction to change is to be really anxious around it. And it's been hard for me to fully pull myself off the Instagram platform. But that is one of the things that I see myself doing in the coming months. Because when we think about it, you know, it's easy to, to talk about how Jeff Bezos is awful or whatever. But what about Mark Zuckerberg and so much of the connection that so many have of us plant witches and anarchists and queer healers have found on Instagram. Like we have to figure out how to foster that somewhere else. So, um, I'll still be posting on there for the time being, but I am taking a step back, especially, um, in honor of sex workers and how much they contribute to our society at large and out of respect for them, just moving away from platforms that are very, uh, exclusive and shaming of sex work. So find me on Twitter, Rise Up Good Witch. I'll be posting on there more. And I just made an account on Mastodon, which is a platform that I understand really centers anti-fascist voices, from what I understand. So you can find me on there. Link's in the show notes. Um, Let's connect. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to see it sustain, And you would like more content from me and maybe to even work with me as a tarot client um, and get some things from the apothecary, Patreon is a great way to show support. And for as low as a $5 a month charge, you get access to at least weekly content from me. And that includes vlogs and blogs and um, an e-zine that most months I do an e-zine on the new moon. So you get all of that for five dollars a month. Plus you get a twenty-five percent discount on tarot readings and a twenty percent discount on everything in the witch shop, the apothecary zines, and stickers. So I would love to see you over there. You can go to www.patreon.com/riseupgoodwitch. It's super awesome when folks choose to support. If it's not really in your budget, one other way to support is by rating and reviewing on. Apple Podcasts. So five-star reviews and a leaving a rating. I would love to see some of that. I got to be honest, y'all, my solar return is in one week and I would love nothing more than four on my solar return. Get some new five-star reviews on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. I'm such a Capricorn and making it about work. And I would love to see some of you on the Patreon. So maybe if you want, you can help me celebrate my solar return in that way. Tarot School for Liberation. So Sunday class for beginners is sold out, but I still have spots left on the Monday and Wednesday class and a few spots left as well in the advanced class. If you're listening to this, I did end scholarship applications on the 21st, which is Monday, tomorrow. That is my preference. Please, if you want a scholarship, if you want to do a pay-what-you-can spot for the class, I'm offering this for Black, Indigenous, People of Color, and I prioritize old queer folks, trans folks, sex workers, disabled people, and undocumented people, amongst others. And especially, I old really center activists and community organizers as well because this class is really focused around that and using Tarot as a perspective in that way. So you can send me an email if you want to apply for a scholarship. I'm extending this to podcast listeners only. You can apply until um, the last day of the year. So you have until 12:31 uh, to apply for a scholarship for the Monday or for the Wednesday class. Check it out! I can't wait to meet all of you. Some folks are asking me if I'm going to make this like a online, like teachable class, and people can just download it. I don't really want to do that. I thought about it a lot. I really like to know my students. I like to get to know everyone. I like being in space with everyone, even if it's just virtual space. It's really important for me to cultivate that. So, um, the Tarot School will be uh, offering classes again in the summer. But if you want to take the class in the winter, Definitely check it out. There's a link in the show notes for registration. Can't wait to meet some of you in January. So thanks again for listening. Thank you for your support. Um, I want to get right into this conversation, but I also just want to say I'm glad that you're listening because that means you made it. You made it towards 20 through 2020. Let's keep making it. Let's keep working for something better. And I'll see everyone, or you can hear me again, in the Hurafont year 2021.
1: Which podcast? Hi, Karina. Thank you for having me back to revisit. I'm excited to chat with you. I'm so excited to have you here. So, we've been
0: talking about our last episode that we did as part of the Emperor Potion collaboration and the workshops we did at Rainbow Bathhouse in January, right before the Pluto Saturn Jupiter conjunction in Capricorn. Um, So what's been happening for you in this last 11 months? How has the Emperor Year been for you? What's changed? What are you up to?
1: Wow. (laughs) What a question. (laughs) I think a lot has happened, as it has for many others, I'm sure, in this past 11 months. Um, I personally left the desert. I got into grad school and I moved to Oregon
0: and I miss you so much and it's so weird not having you here
1: I know I miss you too and I miss the desert so much I think about it a lot and how special it is how what has like the emperor taught you like what kind of lessons do you feel like you learned and
0: what experiences also do you feel like you've had from working with the emperor potion
1: Oh, man. Yeah, so I've been thinking about this a lot, and you and I have been chatting about this, um, just the ways that I've seen the emperor archetype take place in this past year. And I think that both you and I were, or at least it seems like we were hopeful in our last conversation of how um, the emperor archetype may be reformed into something more radical and what i feel like reflecting back on it is that did happen in some ways within communities like with mutual aid um in response to everything that's happened this year but also i think we saw like two really we saw on the other side of the spectrum a lot of corruption and those um do- domineering like tyrant type archetypes of the emperor were really strong this year in a way at least within the US what i experienced felt really exhausting
0: yeah it has been it has been so exhausting and like i was just telling you i re listened to our episode this morning and it was like going back in time But it wasn't only like going back in time. It was like going into another dimension because it just was it feels like 11 months ago was so like so much has changed. So much has changed. Um, So much has happened. And yet. I don't know, for me, it's like I'm still in the same place as I was 11 months ago. Not a lot of like concrete things have changed for me. I know for you, they have, but for me, not a lot of concrete things have changed. And yet I feel like a totally different person.
1: Mm. Yeah. What is your perspective on how the emperor came into play this year?
0: You know, I would agree with you about the mutual aid stuff. We talked about that and we've seen so much mutual aid and You know, that was one thing that happened here was I, with um, some friends and comrades, was able, we were able to start a mutual aid group in the rural high desert, which was really great. And we've collaborated and worked with other mutual aid groups around Inland Empire, Coachella Valley, uh, the high desert, which has been really, really amazing. But I feel like, We know that the system has been corrupt. Like, that's not a secret. That's not a shock to most of us. I think, like, especially for people that are more marginalized under late capitalism. But it really came to a head in, like, a a really new feeling way um, because of, obviously, the people who are in power and what they choose to do. And um, even, like, you know, the other day, it was on this, it was right when, like, Saturn, was in the very last moments of Capricorn when it came out that like an advisor on the, you know, current president administration, 45, had said like let the sick ones die or something like that about COVID and how their plan was to try to develop some really ill-advised herd immunity, which, you know, clearly has been a disaster. And um just thinking about like, I remember listening to Democracy Now in like May and then saying COVID-19 could kill as many as a hundred thousand people in the U S and I remember like crying and now we're looking at almost three times that. And, um, I mean, is it more than three times that now? (laughs) Wow. Okay. 313,000. 313,000. 13,000 people have died of COVID as of right now. But I heard just a couple days ago that now it's one in eight people in Los Angeles County. Mm -hmm. And I just saw a news alert that Los Angeles County is completely like the ICU units are completely full. So what we've been worrying about here in the desert is like a lot of people from Los Angeles coming out here. You know, this community cannot handle that at all. We don't, you know, we have like three ICU beds in the entire high desert. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully that won't happen. But I think, you know, mutual aid coming together, the true reconciliation and acknowledgement of the way that the emperor is, um, uh, you know, patriarchal, oppressive, white supremacist, and it needs to go. But I think, you know, maybe not all of us are ready to let it
1: go yet. I think, yeah, um, what I wonder is if the high attention on the fact that a position of power doesn't necessarily mean that you take care of other people. Um, You know, for example, just like what we've seen with the destruction, um, with this pandemic, just because someone's in power doesn't mean that they're going to take care of the people that they're in power over. And that is a huge piece of what the emperor archetype is, you know, like, traditionally, it's the you know, father figure of the tarot or like this parental figure that's responsible for its beings. Um, so I'm curious if seeing that happen on such a massive scale will change the way that we look at people that we put in that emperor position. Um, and I don't, yeah, like you said, I'm not sure yet. I'm not seeing that fully, but maybe over time, um, some of that will shift. It's really hard to say, you know, cause
0: it is like, we saw when you were talking about like the polarity of everything of like seeing, um, so much happening in communities, um, and focus on, on accountability. And we did talk about that. You know, the emperor does have, like an evolved emperor is accountable. So we saw at community-based levels, some accountability, mutual aid, community organizing, getting into the streets. I think people this year really shifted a lot of people and started putting their money where their values were instead of where the convenience was. Mm -hmm. And of course, that is a privilege. You know, not everyone can make that decision. But I think like a lot of the people we're able to make these shifts that we know that the emperor needs to make to evolve, but the people in power are like holding tight to corruption, and they refuse to make those shifts. What are you feeling about or the Hierophant year? What's coming up for you for the Hierophant year?
1: I'm wondering if something similar will happen with the Hierophant year, where we might see another type of polarity having to do with religious institutions, spirituality and intuition. I want to talk to you about moving into the age of Aquarius and what that could how that could potentially line up. But you know that I'm always texting you stuff about the Vatican <laughs> and the yeah. Catholic Church because I'm wondering if potentially some more stuff might come out about, um, like high religious institutions like that. Um, I'm also wondering if there might be like an uprising of sort of like new thinker religions or like spirituality. Um, yeah, I'm not, I also was wondering if in response to, a heightened religious faith. I think we see a lot of that um, like blind faith sort of in our in our political system at the moment. And I think it is often tied to, a lot of those people are tied into Christianity as well. Um, and I'm wondering if there's like a heightened sort of like group think in religious institutions, if there will be also a heightened like Science type mind, or like people leaning on science more, sort of as a counteraction to that. What that's interesting.
0: How can why do you think is that kind of like a hope that you have, or is that do you have like a is that does that feel like a good thing to you, or how do you feel about that?
1: I don't feel like it's necessarily a good or bad thing. I'm just like wondering if that might take place. I guess I'm just hypothesizing what I feel like could go down in the Hierophant year um, based on being observant during the emperor year and now reflecting back on it. um, I feel like we may get a light or a magnifying glass on some of these more problematic, big time religious institutions. And the same within the emperor year where we got a magnifying glass on these sort of um, powers of corruption, in response we had this community mutual aid. So I'm wondering what, if it is true that we will have more attention on certain prob- like problematic systems within spirituality if in response we might have science thinkers or we might have sort of like new religions or like a new wave of atheists or something kind of in reaction to wanting to pull away from those systems of power. Okay, so one of the things that could come up with the Hierophant year, um, at, and
0: this is totally coming from you're your speaking about this dichotomy and then I was speaking about the dichotomy with the emperor, 45 appointed a record number of judges. And one of the goals of that was, and one of the main uh moral belief systems that a lot of Trump voters have is um, being anti-choice, being anti-abortion. So what we've heard and what we know is that the Supreme Court right now, um, and I know that this is already happening in Mississippi, I don't really know, I'm not up to date on it, I don't know what's been happening, but the Supreme Court, there's a there's a high risk that abortion rights could go back to the states next year, depending mm-hmm. on what happens, even though we have a pro-choice president elect, it doesn't matter with the Supreme Court. But at the same time, like something that I think is really exciting, when we go back to that dichotomy of like, really corrupt people in power, really racist people in power, and then like really um, community-minded mutual aid networks on the ground. I also am seeing a lot of info sharing and knowledge sharing around herbal abortion and herbal birth control. So I wonder if that same dichotomy will come to fruition in the here upon year where we where we have, you know, abortion rights going back to the states. Many states that are more conservative will overturn Roe v. Wade. And because of that, community mutual aid groups will be stepping up and doing more abortion doulaing, uh doing more herbal birth control education, um, holding space for each other in that way.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that as being something that would align with the Hierophant year. I also was thinking about aliens, if I can talk about aliens for a yeah. second. <laughs> um, I, so in, this, in 2020, um, I think it was the Pentagon that released that UFOs are real. And then we just had information come out that extraterrestrials are real. So it seems like things are leaking about Um, species beyond our own. And I'm wondering if more information about ET's leaks in 2021, if that could also be a dichotomy that happens of science and religion. Because if, if science or the government verifies, which it's kind of like already happening, that extraterrestrials are real, that doesn't follow the narrative of christianity um and and so like and i was writing in our notes that i grew up around a lot of like dinosaur deniers like christians who were like dinosaurs aren't real because god is you know because it quite that shakes up our theory about what we believe about how we got here with god and so i was one of my theories if more information does come out that there might be a, sl- a uh, split between religions who are not ready to open up to that information and then people who choose uh, science fact. Ooh, that's so interesting. Wow.
0: um, it, That is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because I feel like a lot of like hardcore and you know much more about like christian culture i think but um it seems like a lot of like hardcore christian types are real like they're real into being like oh yeah new evidence presented itself in science well a new passage in the bible explains why you're wrong and so i wonder if like you know it's going to be interesting this is gonna it's almost like there's this upping of the ante of these like two energies it's like witches versus the system And also, you know, I was thinking, you know, we were saying, like, I feel like all witches before Emperor Year and, like, at the Emperor Year's beginning were, like, be your own daddy. That's the theme of right Emperor. So okay. maybe the Hero Font is be your own guide.
1: Ooh, I like that. I forgot about be your own daddy. I got distracted from that halfway through 2020 when I just was, like, holding on. Dear life, Um, but be your own guide. I think that would be a really positive way to work with the hierophant year, and I it's actually my birth card, um, the hierophant, and I feel like that has been a lot of my life path. Growing up um, in religion, and then sort of like totally rebelling from that. And now, um, as a more adult human, I have found my own spirituality on my own terms. And I still like to look into, uh, Christianity and Christian myth, um, symbolism and as like beautiful stories that, that still contain lessons that we can, you know, use for our own morality, um but under my own power. I
0: love that. And I totally now will always associate the Hierophant with you because <laughs> yeah, like I just, I think you're like a real Hierophant person. And it's funny because Emperor is my life card as well. My I'm a life path four. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the astrology because you were saying about, um, I think you mentioned Saturn and Jupiter moving into Aquarius, which is this grand, the great conjunction that happens on the solstice. And, you know, there's a lot of astrologers talking about this, so much information out there, but this really is a time of rebirth. This is a time um, of continue, like, it's a time to, like, continue our lives in a new way and to evolve into new ways of existing that we didn't imagine before. So I do think, like, the, the you know, we we are in a year, like, this next year begins the US Pluto return. So the US Pluto return hap- begins around uh 2021 and it goes until 2024. So this is the time that you know many people believe will be the collapse of the US government as we know it, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. But um we have like, you know, Saturn just moved into Aquarius. Jupiter's moving into Aquarius tomorrow. By the time people listen to this, it'll already be in Aquarius. And the solstice is on this zero degree conjunction in Aquarius. So, what we're moving towards is away from, you know, like I think there's lots of great stuff about Capricorns. I am one. But we're moving away from like really, um, you know, logic based structures. Um, because obviously, the way that capitalism is worked out, it's not logic based. It, I think at one point they wanted it to be that way. Uh, at least, you know, they want they said that it would be that way for everyone. And what they meant was white people, mostly white men. But I think like as we move towards Aquarius, we have to think of like, this is the, the sign of the liberator. And um, when Pluto goes into Aquarius at the end, for the first time at the end of 2023, we're going to experience that full shift. But for now, this great conjunction is like pulling us for, further towards this. And I was telling you, I was just reading about the origin of Aquarius from the Aquarius from Aquarii who were the water bearers in the Roman Empire. And they were responsible for um, engineering the aqueducts to make sure that water got to all people. And then if we look at that and we look at the fact that there's many climate scientists that say that we will run out of water um, in the next 30 to 50 years, I think this year is really, and this is also a combination with Uranus and Taurus. Um, so Uranus is the ruling planet of Aquarius and it's in Taurus, um, which is really the sign of the here. Well, it's the sign that relates to the Hierophant, first of all, but it also really relates to the earth, to harvest, towards abundance, to um, being able to uh, reap the fruits of your labor. So that's where Uranus is, and Uranus is the revolutionary planet. So I see this as this process of us going back into the Earth, us going back to the Earth, us having to trust the Earth to give us what we want. And that the Earth we already saw in 2020, you know, with massive forest fires on the West Coast that I know you were affected by, I was affected by, everyone on the West Coast was like affected by it. It was really intense. And with Uranus in Taurus, which goes into a square with Saturn uh, in Aquarius three times next year, there is kind of like this choice that we have to make. Like, are we really going to go hard for planet Earth, basically? Are we going to give land back to indigenous groups? Are we going to give wisdom and and ancestral skills back to indigenous groups? Because, you know, they knew how to care for this land. Uh, Us white settlers and our ancestors do not and did not. Um, So there's a lot of energy around that, just thinking about how we can be the water bearers. What does like the Aquarii look like in a modern, like in a 2021 context, when we have to um, create egalitarian systems of getting resources to people because our government won't?
1: Right, absolutely. I think... And when you um, mentioned about the Aquarii, that um, on the news this past week, it was released that investors can now trade for water futures. So I hope that what you're saying is right and that um, these planetary shifts will lead to changes in the way that we care for the Earth And, um, yeah, and each other as well.
0: That is, yeah, that is so scary. And I know we've always said, you know, I remember for years people have been like, we might be having like wars for gasoline now and for oil, but in a few years we're going to be having wars for water. And we see that, you know, we've already seen that when we look at the pipelines and the indigenous resistance against the pipelines that have been happening um, really throughout the country, especially um, along you know communities along the so-called U.S.-Mexico border, and also you know obviously in Standing Rock. But it's it's interesting to think that that time could be upon us that we will have to you know the rich have already taken so much, and you know having them have access to water is really scary. But you know together we have to abolish the stock market. I think. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. And the other thing I was thinking about, I think, you know, the Hierophant is a five. So when we think about, like, how the fives relate to um, the, you know, the Hierophant, like the five of cups, how does the five of swords relate to it? And then what I always think about the fives is that there's so much grief in the fives. There's loss and there's disappointment there.
1: That's interesting to look at because, yeah, with all the fives in the tarot it, it always feels unsettled to me like a yeah not content like there's something that's happening that's causing a frustration or a disappointment or grief and um i would say in my opinion that the grief of the hierophant is being able to communicate with god but being on earth it's like being like being far And I'm saying God in a very, like, loose term of, like, higher power, spirit, like, whatever it is that you feel connected to. It's the Hierophant's job to serve as a conduit for, like, otherworldly language or heavenly knowledge. There's many different words for it. And um, I think their purpose is to help others who may not be connected with that. And that's like, traditionally it's seen as the Pope, right? In most older, like more traditional tarot decks, we see the Pope. And I think the reason why people look to the Pope as the spiritual leader is they feel that the Pope can communicate to God for them and and counsel with God. So I think I would, I don't know, and this is really just my (laughs) thoughts, but that the grief of the here font is like wanting to be fully immersed in, in the spiritual world, but being stuck on earth, you know,
0: and that like reminds me a little of your work with like portals, which I wanted to ask you about. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Is that
1: okay that I ask you that? Oh my gosh. You know, I love talking about portals. (laughs) Yeah. I've been pretty, obsessed with building portals and crawling through them in my mind it connects to quantum leaping or hopping into a parallel timeline or dimension and those ideas really fascinate me Um, particularly in times of stress I really cling on to the idea that I could build a gateway and walk through it and just enter into another reality, another version of my current reality. And that, the last portal that I made was, I started in mid February and I built that portal through up until the summer. And then I, I ended up crawling through on the fall equinox. Um, and it felt very significant because. Um, all that time building it, and through the beginning of the pandemic, when I could I was building it with toilet paper paper mache. So I was like, didn't have access to toilet paper, and I was using like ripping up books in my house and using a blender <laughs> to make paper mache and like working laboring over this giant um, shape that I was going to crawl through. And when it came time to finally move through. I just felt like I my my reality had changed so much but my body was still living in the past. That's how it felt to me. And so the opportunity to move through the portal was a way for me to say like okay, let's go let's like meet up with myself in the current reality. Let's bring my body into the existence that's happening all around me. Um and so that's kind of how I I personally have been working with them. Um, but I think that a portal can be uh, representative of any sort of big movement that we go through in our lives.
0: And it's interesting, like, when you were just explaining that, it felt so Hierophant-related. Just mm-hmm. that ability to be, like... I'm going to exit this way and my body will join me when it's ready. We made, especially last year, the emperor potion. And this year we were talking about making the Hierophant potion, didn't happen. But I know we wanted to share some ideas for rituals, some flower essences to work with, um, some herbs to work with and practices in order to embody this evolved Hierophant energy
1: I was trying to think of something that would be a simple ritual that you could do on the turn of the year or maybe on the solstice but I just really nothing um so succinct was coming to mind but I was thinking about things that you could do throughout this Hierophant year that could be like long-standing rituals that could be nice Um, first of all, visiting nature churches, or I, that's just what I call (laughs) beautiful places of nature. I think, um, for me personally, that's how I reconnect with my clarity of my own spirituality. And so if in this year, things become chaotic, um, on your spirit, that is a great thing to do, return to nature. Um, also keeping a journal of intentions or prayers to reflect back on. Um, I think that's a really powerful way to um, look at how much um, direction you can have control over when you actually ask for what it is that you want. Um and also singing, I this is something that I feel came to me because of like singing in church or like just the frequency of singing is so powerful. And that's what I do in a lot of rituals for myself is if I'm trying to make something um, come about for myself, I'll make up like a short song about about that thing and just repetitively sing that. Um and I I don't really know. I'm sure someone that actually studies music or frequency could explain the magic behind that, but I just feel like um there's something so unique about putting things into song.
0: Yeah, it's a really good um skill for communication with
1: what we can't see. Did you want to say anything about crocus essence? So I recently became familiar with the crocuses um, because they started blooming outside of my house or during and after the fires here in Eugene and Springfield, the crocuses started coming up and one of them in particular I made an essence of. It's an autumn crocus and if you've ever seen one, they have like purple checkered leaves or uh, petals and so... I, when I got back from evacuating from the fires, I waited for a new autumn crocus to bloom, and then I made an essence of that crocus, but when I was researching the um, energetic qualities of the crocus, it was a lot about, like, the first breath of spring, or, like, the first, I kind of think about, like, the Ten of Swords, when you're laying there with all the swords in your back and then there's like this little crack of dawn in the horizon. I feel like that is sort of what I see with the crocus essence. Um and the autumn crocus is supposed to be good for releasing ties to your personal history um or your karmic history or any sort of like family cords of family lineage. To be truly uniquely yourself, and to me, that really aligns with the hierophant in claiming your own spirituality, um, releasing any sort of dogma that may have piled up through, um, you know, your upbringing or your life experience. And so that is why I um, wanted to contribute that.
0: It also reminds me of Angel's Trumpet, which I know you've been working with. And Angel's Trumpet has been, like when I was making a list of like, okay, what essences feel really good for a hero my year? I think, you know, a lot of my clients, I've been giving them Angel's Trumpet essence. I put Angel's Trumpet essence in the Queen of Wands potion that I made. And I don't know if I feel like, I mean, it all depends on people's individual, like the arc of their narrative. But I feel like Angel's Trumpet is, like, such a good essence right now for being, like, I accept this new chapter, whatever it may be. But I think, like, when the chapter begins and we're in the Hierophant year, um, Nasturtium is, like, an essence that I have in my shop. And Nasturtium is really good for, like, you know, I almost think, like, that might be a good one for you when you're doing, like, your portal work. Because Nasturtium, like, very much gets us back into our bodies when we're like too much in our brains but there's like this somatic ability to like feel things that are outside of ourselves so for me nasturtium feels like very related to the hierophant in that way and i think of like you know the way that it grows wild everywhere in the pacific northwest and it's so brightly colored and it really like reminds us of that abundance of the earth the way that taurus does with taurus's relationship to the hierophant and trillium essence which is a really good psychic awakener um you know a lot of herbal you know a lot of flower essence is a really good psychic psychic awakeners but i think trillium if we want to talk about be your own guide and follow your own um spiritual guides and enlightenment um with respect of course like to everybody else's practice um which is going to bring me maybe to another question that i have But those were like some of the essences I thought would be a really good ritual for like, you know, angel's trumpet to take us into this time and like trillium or nasturtium for helping us be in this time. Mm, I love that. As far as, you know, we, you know, herbs and gems, I don't know, actually I don't know about gems, so I won't say that. I didn't write any gems down. Um, and a lot of herbs that are associated with Taurus, um, which obviously, you know, relates to the Hierophant. And then, you know, with Aquarius being a major player in next year's astrology, um, the trine that that energy forms with Taurus, um, lemon, sweet pea, lavender, violet, marshmallow, catnip, mint and thyme like these are herbs that are like you know I think really good to work with um when we're really embracing um a purifying herb
1: amazing I'm gonna try some of these so you finished your Saturn return this year yes I'm finally done
0: how was that
1: um it's interesting because I I have committed to do another three-year period of um, hurdles and hard work and expansion through the institution. Um, but I don't know how it feels yet. I think I still am feeling more of how it felt to be in it than out of it. Um it makes sense. I think I still need to do some reflecting. But I, um, one of my best friends, she's seven years younger than me, and I am always like, you just wait and then you'll see. Because what I do, what I'd like to say about how my Saturn return worked out for me is that in preparation for my Saturn return, I did all of these things that I felt like were very Saturn type things like settling into a home and you know like really getting my business on course and I was like Saturn is going to love me for this and what actually happened for me is that none of that really was how my Saturn return worked out it shook me in a lot of deep ways that I was not expecting um, so more of like past, um, like mental health issues coming up, um, like PTSD. So mm-hmm. now I just feel like I'm going to freak everyone out who hasn't had their Saturn return yet. Um, but I do feel like all of those, um, turbulences that happen through my Saturn return have, it has helped me um, learn how to take care of myself and how to set up a life. Yeah, be my own daddy, really. Like, set up a life that is structured so that those parts of myself that are fragile or that need extra care um, have everything that they need.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think it is funny because I try to embrace Saturn as a double, you know, triple Capricorn with Mercury. Um, I I try to uh, embrace the Saturn archetype, but Saturn's got this energy that's like, oh, you're trying to embrace me now? That's not going to (laughs) happen. Like, I'm not going to let you embrace me. But I do think, you know, this Saturn movement into Aquarius, it feels, you know, I think about when Saturn first went into Aquarius, it was March 20th which was the day that shelter in place was announced in California. So at that moment, like, I remember, I don't know, you know, how where you were at at that time, but it felt like so monumental at that point, you know, hearing again, like democracy now up to a hundred thousand people dying, like shelter in place. It felt like the end of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I think when I, you know, from the beginning of our conversation, when I'm like, what's changed for you in 11 months, it's like, things change because we were exposed to this like possible reality of the end of times and then we learn to live with it but it's not gone yet it's still very much here you know but mm-hmm. now it's like it's not is shocking anymore I think and I think a lot of people are still in denial um But yeah, now, you know, we welcome in this new group of people that are going into their Saturn return in Aquarius. Um, And this is quite a time. This is quite a time. You know, I didn't, when I went through my Saturn return, I didn't even know what a Saturn return was. (laughs) Like I was not into astrology enough to even know that that was a thing. Um, But I had my Saturn return in Libra. So um, I've got a lot of Libra energy. So it's all about like trying to find that balance, make people happy. But something else that came up because we're talking about like the Hierophant and spirituality and being your own guide versus like following a church or like religious institution is the issue of spiritual bypassing. I think that's important to mention because I've been thinking about it a lot whenever I say something or like feel something that's like, okay, we have to move towards liberation. We have to move towards moving, building better worlds and how much that can be, could be bypassing if there isn't an acknowledgement as well of systemic oppression, racism, white supremacy, police violence, uh, you know, prison industrial complex, etc. And I was wondering like what you think about that for the Hierophant year, like what is that gonna look like for spiritual bypassing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think spiritual bypassing is one of the major corruptions of new age, right? Um is that it sort of allows generally a pretty privileged audience to focus on self-care. Yeah, (laughs) Self-care is important. I'm not trying to, like, diss on that, but I do believe that it's good to be aware of how some spiritual communities... Talk about healing, but don't acknowledge systemic oppressions, um, and I think that's an issue because that that's a huge area that needs healing. And my hypothesis on what might happen in the hierophant year is that some of these new age communities may come under a little bit of heat um, for that type of behavior. Yeah, I definitely hope so. I think it's past
0: due. Um, I've definitely seen people say things about how in the Hierophant year, we're going to be like seeing the shadow side of a lot of so-called spiritual healers. And especially when you think about like the emergence of QAnon and these conspiracy theories that, you know, are popular with people, you know, not only obviously people that are part of right wing militias, but also like people that are, like, into New Age are also, like, really into QAnon, for example.
1: It's, I mean, that's the thing, is with people's spirituality, there's so much room for corruption because, and this is what I always felt about the church, is that when someone's looking for answers or feeling lost, there's just a lot of room for manipulation there. And I think we might see a lot of that rise to the surface and get a good look at that in this next year totally and it
0: almost reminds me of like multi-level marketing and you know there's a lot of the multi-level marketing like the essential oils and like weight loss products where it's mostly you know working class middle class cis het women who are single moms or like stay-at-home moms who get roped into this like idea of like sisterhood and being your own boss, being a business owner by these people that act like it's all about wellness and it's all about um, healing, but really it's all about making those people rich by like ripping everyone that joins their MLM pyramid scheme, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me wonder if the Emperor year and the Hierophant year will work really well together because Like you said, those women may be looking for sisterhood or some type of community or, you know, someone who will be there for them and love them. And I feel like maybe the more that we build up communities and mutual aid and things like this um, in response to the emperor year, those things may also assist in the hierophant year. If we have more, um, you know, connection In our lives to the people around us um maybe some of that seeking for answers in these um organizations that may not have good intentions maybe that will be soothed some
0: well mary is there any last words that you (laughs) that sounds so sinister are there any words that you want to share that we like anything you want to share that we didn't go over any thoughts words of wisdom
1: I don't really think so. I think we covered a lot. I hope that everyone has a good Hierophant year. I think we covered a lot in our chat, and I'm excited to see what will come in this Hierophant year and to potentially um, reflect back on it again with you.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mary. You're amazing. So surreal and amazing to reflect back 11 months later about what this year has been like and utilize tarot and astrology and create this framework and these visions
1: yes yeah thank you so much for having me and being my friend I love you and I love being able to have these conversations with you so yeah me too
0: Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review in iTunes and check out www.riseupgoodwitch.com for more information about tarot readings and the apothecary.